I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, what started as a pretty different week for the Padres with a rare weather postponement became even more weird when COVID positives basically took out multiple starting players for today and yesterday. There were... I, there were a ton of questions coming into today, like who was going to be on the team, what the lineup was going to look like, how many guys were they going to pull from AAA. Well, we got all of our answers today, and the Padres split with the Rockies in the doubleheader. Uh, the Rockies win the second game 3-2. to two. The Padres won the first game, and they won yesterday. So they win the series, but they do not win this game. You know, there's there's lots to talk about tonight. So if you want to join us, 833-288-0973. I put on Twitter that I am your therapist tonight. If you need to talk about anything, if you need me to lay out the roll out the couch, please come and sit on the couch and let me know how everything is going in your head. Because Blake Snell, he looked like the Blake Snell we have come to know in a Padres uniform. And there were also some base running mistakes in game two. You have Caratini, which may or may not have been a mistake. Rymel Tapia may have just pulled a fast one and let the ball drop in front of him so that he could get Caratini out at third. But you have uh, you have Trent Grisham attempting to steal third base and getting caught right there, and that's probably the biggest point of the game, in my opinion. I know that people are blaming the umpires for the Cronenworth out call, which, you know, it was going to be hard to overturn from the beginning. So I don't really blame the umpires for sticking with the call. Uh, and I'm very curious. We're waiting on Jace Tingler to speak to the media right now. And the first thing I told Thomas was, as soon as he lets us know you know, about Trent Grisham attempting to steal third, I need to know. Because that, if that was a called play, then uh, we'll talk about it. But if that was something that Trent Grisham did on his own, we heard that he did the, the bunt in the first game that ended up tying the game, which ended up being brilliant. But he tried to steal third in this game, and uh, it, it didn't It didn't work out for the Padres, and it ultimately ended up losing the game for them. So uh, I'm very curious to hear what was said in the post-game press conference about that. But, I mean, where should we start? And Jace Tingler, I'm also seeing a lot on social media about how this is all on Jace. I mean, what do you want the guy to do? He's got half of a team. A lot of his guys went out on COVID. You got Eric Hosmer. You got Fernando Tatis Jr. You got Will Myers. You got a couple of other guys that are not there with the team because of a COVID positive. So they were putting together a pretty raggedy team to begin with today. And I'm even surprised that they split the series today. This is a, you know, the Rockies aren't, the, aren't a good team, but they're still a professional baseball team. They're still going to show up and they, they had all of their players. So. I don't want to hear about Jace Tingler being blamed for this one. I don't want to hear about any of that. You know, it's it's 
I, we've said it a million times, especially on Gwen and Chris. We've said it so many times. It's a really long season. And, yes, you can't be losing games like this. But at the end of the day, when you're at least splitting or you're at least going to extra innings with the Rockies with a uh, a shoestring lineup, then I, I, I don't see a problem with what happened today. I don't see how this could be Jace Tingler's fault whatsoever. And, again, it, it could all change. when If Jace Tingler called that steal to third from Trent Grisham, who knows? We'll, we'll see. We're going to check in with him. Uh, the Padres, they moved to 21-17 and 17 after, this, after this loss tonight, and the Rockies moved to 13-24. and 24. It, You just kind of got that feeling from the beginning today that it was going to be a weird one with Blake Snell. He... Uh, I don't know what else to say about Blake Snell and how he's pitching for the Padres. He went four innings tonight. He struck out seven, uh, but he gave up five hits, and he gave up a home run to uh, Josh Fuentes, which was a two-run home run. And then Josh Fuentes, at the end of the game, ended up coming through with the walk-off hit. So he's going to be having a good night there in Colorado. Blake Snell, though... On 84 pitches, he had 53 strikes. He found himself in a lot of trouble early on in the game, and that seems like it's been kind of a a trend for him, and I'm not sure why that is, and I've listened to a lot of people talk about what's going on with Blake Snell. I've read a lot of things that people have written about what's going on with Blake Snell, and I don't think anybody really knows what's going on with Blake Snell until... He's the only person who knows what's going on with him, and he's trying to find it. Uh, Four innings, though, in in a game where you're only playing seven innings and your bullpen is so important to the team like the bullpen is for the Padres, he has to go more than four innings. He just has to. 84 pitches is a lot for four innings. I think he was at like 72 when he entered uh, the fourth inning. So that's, that's not something that's going to get easier as time comes through the season. He needs to figure it out and and with only one win on the, on the year, it's it's just it's not what we expected when they traded for him early or I think it was in December when they traded for him. And I don't want to come down on Blake Snell too hard because he he still struck out 7. He only gave up two runs. But when you're in a game like this and who who thought there was going to be uh, a pitcher's duel in both games at Coors Field. It's pretty crazy. And, and everything about this series was just weird. It seems like every time the Padres go to Coors Field, it, it's very strange. Something weird happens, whether it's like bees or whether it's like a broken uh, sprinkler in the outfield or whatever it is. They're, they're, they're scoring 90 runs over a four-day stretch. And things are just weird. Things are very weird whenever the Padres go to Colorado. So if you have anything that you want to say about tonight, if you Liked what you saw from Trent Grisham trying to take third? I want to hear from you. If you didn't, I want to hear from you. 833-288-0973. I guess I should also say my name. I'm Matt Scraby. This is the Padres postgame show on 97.3 The Fan. We're waiting for Jace Tingler right now to speak with the media. I don't know that he has uh, sat down just yet, but we will bring that to you as quickly as possible. Nick Ramirez will take the loss for the Padres, which uh, stinks for him because he came in at the end of the game. But that's what happens. We talked about it on Gwyn and Chris about how pitchers get wins if they go at least five innings, and then whoever pitches best gets the win going forward. But uh, whenever whoever loses the game, they already know who the pitcher to get the loss would be, and that is Nick Ramirez, and he goes to 0-1 on the season. Thomas, how are we looking over there? Has he sat down yet? 
he has he okay he, he's about to sit down so i think i'm going to keep it right here we have a couple callers on the line we're going to uh thomas is going to get you on hold right now and then we'll go to you and then we'll hear from jace tinkler we also have our game highlights coming up we also have coach john katera is going to be coming on we have the play of the game we have the player of the game we have a lot to go here in the uh, post-game show on 97.3 The Fan. If you want to hit us up on Twitter as well, you can at 97.3 The Fan SD and at Matt Scraby. So uh, we are going to go and take a call real quick. Let's go to, I believe this is Colin. Colin, are you on the line? Hello, Colin. All right. Who's the second one? Hello, uh, who who are you? Uh, all it says on our call screener is force. All right, I don't know that the phones are working, so we're gonna go away from that. Uh, I'm I'm seeing here we the Jesse and Tony were talking about it on the broadcast about why Drew Pomeranz wasn't able to come into the game. Jay Singler said that he is a little sore and was unavailable today. Uh, he also added that Pomeranz has some tightness in his lat area, so that is why he did not come out and pitch tonight and that is why Nick Ramirez was in the game so we're still waiting on Jace Tingler but I'm going to call for this caller hello force I'm not sure what's going on with the phones I'm not sure what's going on with the phones hello force are you there all right we're going to stop taking calls until we can figure out what's going on with the phones but uh, I'm going to need you to help me Thomas should I go to break or should we wait a little bit longer all right, we're going to wait a little bit longer. Let me go over some of these stats from today's game. Uh, Manny Machado, you know, yesterday he had his five RBI night and he had the home run and he he had the triple and all that stuff. Well, tonight he walked twice. He uh, in two plate or in four plate appearances. So I'm getting the thumbs up. All right, I'm not going to stall any longer because I'm pretty sure everybody out there wants to hear from Jace Tingler overhearing from me. So let's do that and find out what Jace Tingler had to tell the media after the game. Let's take a trip down to the Padres Clubhouse and hear from the manager, Jace Tingler. Presented by Sin Lee Food. Find your next cooking adventure at Sin Lee Food. 4665 El Cajon Boulevard. The Cook's Asian Resource. Hey, Jace, I'm going to start from the back of the game and move forward. Uh, first of all, the play at home plate. I assume the... The challenge was that the catcher was set up and not giving the runner. A, is that correct? And I assume New York thought that he did give him a lane. Or, or can you clarify? That's what we were checking, and, and uh, you know, if he was in right there, uh, most sliding lane because theoretically uh, you you don't have time to give a lane. And uh, I had the infield back. Actually, I had him halfway in the third baseman back. Um, Ryan, you know, had him in. Um, and that that's what I was checking um, if there was a sliding lane, if the infield was uh, back. Um, but, uh, you know, Ryan was adamant they were in. And then obviously it went to New York and I didn't get, you know, they don't give you an explanation or anything like that. So, but that's what we were checking, the sliding lane. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you at first. So you're saying the sliding lane was determined based on where the... Is there a mic here? Like, where's the... Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that's what we were checking to see if there was a uh, sliding lane. Um, now, if the infield's in, uh, that, that rule goes away because there's not time uh, 
for uh, a ground ball in the infield. Um, and that's what I was checking to see uh, if he had uh, the infield back. That's what I, I actually had him at halfway, uh, but I had the third baseman back in the mid- middle infield. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, they don't, they don't give you an explanation or anything, uh, you know, after the call. That's interesting not to get too deep into the weeds on that, but is, it, is that subjective in terms of if you have the corners in, but the middle back versus the middle in and the, how do you determine whether it's in or not? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, 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 I don't know how they do it. I, you know, like I said, I thought, uh, you know, I thought they were halfway and I thought they were, you know, back certainly on the corners. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, next would be Trent Grisham. Is there a way to justify the risk reward uh, decision on that to steal third in that situation? Yeah. You know, we, we, we preach, uh, aggressiveness and, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're going to learn from it. Um, you know, obviously, you know, in that situation, uh, you know, the last thing we want to do is take the bat out of Manny's hands, you know, right there. And, and also too, you know, with where we're at right now, um, you know, we're five position players short. So, you know, we're not quite as deep and, you know, probably even if we get that bag, they, you know, we, we open up a base at first, um, they probably end up walking Manny. And so, um, again, we're, you know, we, we preach aggressiveness at the same time, you know, we're, we're going to learn from those mistakes and, uh, you know, move forward. Blake Snell, it was sort of a mixed outing today. There were times where he pitched aggressively with the fastball in the third and fourth inning a little bit more, but early on it looked like he was really struggling with control and using a lot of off-speed pitches. How, how did you assess that the outing overall? I thought you were spot on. I thought if there, there was a highlight, it was the third and the uh, fourth inning. I thought he was much aggressive. I thought he pitched with his fastball really well in the third and fourth. And hopefully that's one to, to, to build on. Um, you know, seven inning game here. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're doing everything, you know, we can to, you know, score runs, um, you know, so ultimately that's, you know, why he went for today. Um, his spot came up and, you know, I think the, the way he was going in the third and fourth, uh, you know, he probably could have grabbed uh, a, another one, but we were scrapping for runs. Thank you, Jason. Hey, Jace, was uh, Pomerantz down? And if so, why? He's down. And he hadn't pitched since uh, Sunday, so just – is he okay? Yeah, he's a little sore, so he was down today. Is that his uh, shoulder, uh, forearm? What, what? We'll we'll get back and uh, you know take take a take a look, but it's it, it's kind of tightness just around the lat area right now, and 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 so um, yeah, he was. Uh, we thought he may be able to go today, um, but um, you know because like you said, he he'd had some days off and. You know, he went to throw early today, and there was still a little bit of tightness there, so um, he was down. What is it going to take for you to be successful during this stretch when you're shorthanded? Yeah, you know, I thought, you know, it's frustrating, um, you know, because we, you know, we, we, we fight so hard to, to get back. And then, you know, just kind of the weird, um, um, you know, I, I – I, it was either the sixth, the set, the seventh when we, we got it going and, and, uh, Crony flares that ball in and, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, play Victor thought he was going to catch it and went back. And, and so, you know, I think that to answer your question, that that's what we got to have just, uh, the, the guys kind of scrapping together. Um, you know, we, 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 we kept fighting and, you know, unfortunately, you know, we, we made some mistakes on the, the, the base paths and, and, um, 
you know, yeah, if we, if we don't make those, you know, maybe the outcome's a little bit different. We're, we're certainly, um, you know, shorthanded, um, you know, with uh, using as many guys we did game one. Uh, but still, like everybody contributed, everybody battling and and, uh, you know, that that's what it's going to take, um, you know, to get through with, with with having, you know, five guys down or so. That was Jace Tangler speaking with the media after the Padres loss in game two of the doubleheader today. I'm Matt Scraby. This is the postgame show on 97.3 The Fan. Padres lose three to two. We have a couple phone calls. We have fixed the phones. So if you would like to join the show you can. 833-288-0973. I want to hear from all of you about what you're thinking of tonight's game. Uh, very quickly, I'll just say this. It sounds like Trent Grisham made that decision to steal third on his own. Uh, on his own. And Jay Stingler said that was a really good learning experience. So we're going to talk about that as we go along. But let me take a few phone calls real quick. Let's go to our guy, Vince in Chula Vista. Vince, how are you feeling tonight? Hey, Matt, you know, I'm not feeling all too bad. I mean, five key players down, and we took two out of three in, in Colorado. And I, I, would, I would happen to think that with, with, uh, with Tingler and the coaching staff, you know what, they're going to get out of Colorado and come home. And um, – mistakes were made on the base paths those things are going to happen what drives me nuts is we get a guy on i i hate that rule by the way that extra inning rule where the they put a second, runner on yes. second base hate that um and we can't get a hit we 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 can't get him over hit a fly ball get the run in we seem to struggle and, and that's just a, a minor point that that i'm picking at there but all in all Getting getting the team back home, get this health and safety protocol issue resolved. It's I said this before. It's a long, long season, and we are really well positioned. And so I don't feel bad at all. It would have been nice to sweep. It always is. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what. I don't feel badly at all. Two out of three, come home. Cannot wait to see them against the Cardinals this weekend. We'll be there, and. Um, you know, I just wanted to kind of chime in with you guys. No, I appreciate that, Vince. Thank you for the phone call. You're 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 spot on about the uh, them being in a good position. They they definitely are in a great position. And uh, thank you for bringing up the Cardinals coming to town over the weekend. The Cardinals have been red hot, and you are, the, the Padres are going to face a Cardinals team that is looking for a little bit of revenge after being eliminated from the playoffs last season by the Padres. So they're going to have some extra motivation. It's just unfortunate that the 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 situation with the Padres and the COVID IL, all the good players or all the uh, the mainstays, I should say, are are on it right now, and that's just unfortunate with the Cardinals coming to town. But it is what it is. This is what baseball teams are dealing with in a COVID world. So Padres, uh, I, I was talking to someone earlier on Twitter about this. Padres have been very good about COVID. They haven't really had much of anything going on, even last year and and, and this year and. You've seen teams like the Marlins and the Cardinals and, and earlier this year, the Nationals and the Mets and all that other stuff. There, there's been a lot that has gone on with teams around Major League Baseball. So this isn't a one-off thing. This isn't just happening to the San Diego Padres. But you you do need to 
you do need to um th- this is just all good experience for these guys and it's it, it, we've heard it a million times tony said it on Gwyn and chris a lot that this is a season where everybody is going to contribute to a world series title if that's what happens for this team so um we are uh, uh so the the padres are in a good position but they do need to get through this next couple days they won the series that's good you always want to win the series you never want to lose back to back series and if you can take two out of three all season long, you're in a good spot. So we'll be talking about this as we go along in the post-game show. I know we got someone else on the phones. Um, Thomas, should we go to them now or should we take a break? We'll go to them now. Okay, Brock. What's up, Brock? Hey, what's up, man? Not much. How's it going? What's on your mind? Uh, a little frustrated, man. I wish we could have got the sweep. You know, it's it's frustrating to see these, these games. It's good we're winning the series and all, but... I'm ready to take a sweep, and it's just – it's frustrating that those umpires blew the call. I don't know what the point of doing the replay is if they're just going to blow it. And putting Ramirez in two innings back-to-back, I knew it, w- it wasn't looking there. So just a little frustrated, but hopefully we can keep the momentum going. Appreciate that, Brock. Thank you for calling. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't think Jace Tingler had many options uh, with pitchers coming out. It was the end – of a, a doubleheader, an end of a very weird series with the Rockies. So Nick Ramirez may have been may, one of the only arms that he had left that he possibly trusted in that situation. Um, we'll ask Coach when he comes on the show what he thinks about that. But the Jace Tingler did say in the postgame press conference that Drew Pomerantz was unavailable. He's dealing with some uh, small issues, and so hopefully they get that figured out. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to go through some of the highlights and recap the game for you in Game 2 of the doubleheader. And then we're going to talk with Coach John Quintera as well. If you want to join us, 833-288-0973, or you can find us on Twitter at 97.3thefansd for the station and at Matt Scraby for myself. So we'll be right back in just a second, and we'll recap the game, and we'll take your calls. We'll do all that fun stuff. We'll talk to Coach John Quintera. That's all next on 97.3 The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hi, this is Pierce Johnson from the San Diego Padres. You're listening to Padres Baseball, 97.3 The Fan. Matt Scraby back with you here in the Odyssey Palace on 97.3 The Fan, Padres postgame show. The Padres take the series from the Rockies, two of three games, but they dropped the second of the doubleheader today. The Rockies won 3-2 in extra innings. In the eighth, they had a walk-off hit from Josh Fuentes. So uh, let's actually relive all of that game right now. 
Let's listen back to the most exciting plays from today's game with our game highlights presented by EcoWater SoCal. What's in your water? Find out online at EcoWaterSoCal.com and schedule your free water test today. That's EcoWaterSoCal.com. Well, there wasn't any action for the Padres to start the game, but Blake Snell did find himself in some early trouble, giving up a single to Connor Joe. He did force Trevor Story to ground out, then walked Charlie Blackman, but was able to escape trouble once again by striking out Ryan McMahon. So no harm, no foul. To the top of the second, Austin Nola singled. Tukapita Marcano struck out. Then Hasa Kim came up to bat with two outs and one on. Didrich-esque. This one is well struck into right field and a base hit for Kim. Trying to find a gap. Blackman bobbles it. It gets behind him. That might get a run home. Nola's rounding third. Nola's on his way. There will not be a throw to the plate. And Kim all the way around to third base. Padres take a one to nothing lead after a well-struck ball into right field for Hassan Kim. Charlie Blackman kicked it around. And the Padres strike first here in game two. Good to see Hassan Kim getting more and more comfortable in the big league game at the plate. The bottom of the second was uh, not as kind to Blake Snell. Jonathan Daza doubled. Then Josh Fuentes stepped into the box and did this. Here's the 1-0. Fuentes launches one. Deep to left field. Bam is going back. He's at the wall. Looking up. Going to go. Josh Fuentes gets a changeup and hits it out. A two-run shot for Nolan Arenado's cousin getting a start at third base. And a 2-1 Rocky lead here in the second. Interesting little fact there from Jesse Ackler. The cousin of Nolan Arenado at third base for the Rockies. It would take Blake Snell 25 more pitches, but he was able to get out of the second inning after striking out Trevor Story. Uh, Back to the Padres, Jake Cronenworth singled, but otherwise nothing going on for him. Blake Snell went back out for for them. Blake Snell went back out for the bottom of the third. He gave up singles to Charlie Blackman and Jonathan Daza, but got out of the inning. Top of the fourth saw Austin Nola get on with the single, but a Hassan Kim double play ball ended the Padres' chances. Blake Snell was sent back out to pitch the bottom of the fourth inning and did so going 1-2-3, but that would be it for Snell in the game. After starting in some bad spots, he steadied the ship. He went four innings, gave up five hits, one homer to Josh Fuentes, two earned runs. He walked three, but he struck out seven Rockies. He threw 84 pitches and 53 strikes. We're going to hear from Blake Snell a little bit later in the postgame show about his outing. Rockies pitcher Austin Gomber struck out the side in the top of the fifth. and In the bottom half of the fifth, Pierce Johnson took over for Blake Snell. And outside of giving up a two-out single, he got through the inning with no damage done. Top of the sixth, a huge opportunity for the Padres. Jake Cronenworth grounded out. Manny Machado walked. The Rockies made a pitching change, and Austin Gomber was done for the night. Daniel Bard replaced him. Manny Machado picked up his sixth stolen base of the year and was on second. And Tommy Pham reached first on an error by Connor Joe. Runners on first and third with one out. Austin Nola grounded to third baseman Josh Fuentes, but Manny Machado had to hold because Fuentes could have gotten him out at third. So Manny heads back to third. And Fuentes threw out Nola at first. Tommy Pham went to second. Runners now on second and third with two outs. Tucapita Marcano had a chance to be the hero, but unfortunately he struck out looking. And that ended the Padres' chance in the top of the sixth. So big break for the Rockies. Bad break for the Padres. Austin Adams, though, he came out and took the hill in the bottom of the sixth. He struck out two en route to three straight outs. The Padres needed a comeback in the seventh inning. And they got one. Hassan Kim struck out, but Brian O'Grady, who was called up earlier today, he needed a big hit. 
first pitch is a fastball hit well out to right center field. Long way to go, Hampson. Still going back. It is up against the birdcage in right center. Into second base, O'Grady, and he just missed the home run as the ball gets away on the infield, but it is backed up by McMahon. A one-out double by O'Grady, who took a 99-mile-an-hour fastball from Daniel Bard and nearly sent it over the fence in right center field. Yeah, it was almost out. I thought it was out. He probably thought it was out. I know that the Ben and Woods Nation screamed and enjoy that he was hitting one out, but he still was able to get to second base and. Uh, the hero of game one, Victor Caratini, he pinch hit for Austin Adams. Could he possibly be the savior again? Here's the 2-2 pitch, and that's a hard hit grounder to the right side and through for a base hit. That'll tie it 2-2 two two here in the seventh. Padres were down to their final two outs, and Victor Caratini with a grand slam in game one comes through with a pinch hit RBI single here in the seventh. And the pot. The man does it again. And the Padres, thank you, Tony. And the Padres had new life, and Trent Grisham singled left. Caratini moved to second. Jake Cronenworth hit a fly ball to left, but Rymel Tapia may have let it fall in front of him because he caught Victor Caratini trying to take third, and there were two outs with two on. Everything set up for Manny Machado to put the Padres ahead with runners on first and second. And then Trent Grisham, for some reason, tried to steal third and was caught for the third out with Manny Machado still at the plate. The game was tied, so the Padres had a new life, but that was a huge blow for the chances of them winning the game. In the bottom of the second Aztec for life, Alan Trejo reached on a single to left field, but the Rockies couldn't drive anyone in, and we went to extra. The eighth inning extras. Very weird to hear that. Yeah, Jake Cronenworth assumed his position at second with the extra base runner rule. Manny Machado then walked. Tommy Pham had one of the weirdest I have ever seen happen. He was trying to get out of the way of a pitch, but the pitch hit the knob on the bottom of the bat, and it bounced fair, and it was very unlucky for Tommy Pham. It did move Cronenworth to third and Manny Machado to second, so it was almost like a sacrifice, but a very weird sacrifice. Austin Nola did put the ball in play, but third baseman McMahon threw home, and Cronenworth was tagged out. As we talked about a little bit, they did review the play, and it did look like Diaz may have been blocking Cronenworth's path to the plate, but the umpire said he was still out after the review, and from my perspective, it would be hard to overturn that play once they've already called him out at the plate. So we'll talk about that a little bit with Coach here in just one second. Runners were still in scoring position, but Tucapito Marcano flew out to left and ended the inning. Bottom of the eighth, and Charlie Blackman was the runner on second. Nick Ramirez, he intentionally walked Ryan McMahon to set up the double play, and Ramirez did get the double play. He got Matt Adams to ground into a double play just like that, and that brought up Josh Fuentes, and here is what happened. Coming up, and uh, then who knows? This one is sent very deep into left center field. Grisham going back. He will not get there. It's up against the wall, and it is a game-winning hit for Josh Fuentes, who has driven in all three Rocky ones. Colorado walks it off here in the bottom of the eighth inning, and they avoid the sweep. A 3-2 victory in game two of the doubleheader. And that was it. As you heard Jesse Agler just say, the Rockies won 3-2. to two. Final totals, Rockies uh, three runs on eight hits. They did have three errors in the game. The Padres uh, two runs on seven hits, no errors. Padres uh, left, they hit one for ten with team with runners in scoring position, excuse me. They left eight on base. The Rockies, on the other hand, went two for eight with runners in scoring position and left nine on base. 
So we'll get into a little bit more of what happened during the game uh, in, in just a second. We also have a couple phone calls, so please hold on, Freddie and Vic. But first, let's bring on Coach John Quintera. Coach, the Padres won the series, but they they dropped this game with uh, a couple base-running mistakes. What did you think about those? Well, uh, you can't take the bat out of Manny Machado's hand in the seventh inning. I mean, you're paying this guy $300 million. I mean, uh, heck, I could score from second base on a base <laughs> hit uh, to the outfield at Coors Field. So could the Friar by that uh uh, as well. I yeah. mean, uh, I'm a big fan of the Friar, and the Friar doesn't have great speed, but the Friar <laughs> could have scored. I don't know what Trent Grisham's thinking. I can't believe uh, in listening to Jace, uh, you know, he, he what he's going to have to do next time in that situation. I mean, you want to trust your players, Matt, Yeah, but you, you also, you know, you give them the green light, but there's also a thing called the red light. I think next time, I don't know if you'll have to give Trent the, the red light next time. I think he probably learned. I'm sure, uh, you know, Manny probably gave him a little bit of a snake eye when that happened. But you can't take the bat out of Manny Machado's hands. And I'll tell you the other thing, even if he gets to third base, they're going to walk Manny Machado. They're going to load the bases, and they're going to take their chances with Tommy Pham. So either way... Manny Machado is probably not going to hit in that situation. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, that you know, after the game, we heard Jay Stingler talking about it, and he did, like you said, it was Trent Grisham's decision. Do you think that maybe because he got that bunt down in the first game, that was also his decision? It wasn't a called bunt. Maybe he was just feeling good about his decision making tonight. Well, first of all, Trent Grisham plays the game exceptionally hard. He's a very intense guy, uh, and he's doing a great job. But, you know, you're going to have a brain cramp every once in a while. I mean, that that isn't exactly what you want when you got the bases loaded, laid down a two-out bunt because of the force at every base. But, you know, it was a great bunt. It worked out well, and uh, everybody's happy. And it got the Padres going a little bit in game one. But, again, you got to know the situation. you got to know who's on the man. Daniel Bard was struggling at that time. But you got Manny Machado. And I know Manny did not have a great day swinging the bat. He had a great night last night. Wasn't having a great day today. Ended up walking a couple of times. But, man, I'm telling you, who knows? I mean, you let Manny hit in that situation. Bard was struggling. He may throw him a fastball. Padres may have a three-run lead. But even if you steal on that double steal and get runners to second and third base, they're going to take the bat out of Manny's hands, and that's unfortunate. And this is a game, quite frankly, the Padres should have won. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Uh, the other big storyline from the game would be Blake Snell. We're going to hear from Blake Snell here on the postgame show in a little bit, but he went four innings. He gave up two runs. He struck out seven. So he, he shows the flashes of brilliance that we know he's capable of, but it, he, he puts himself in a lot of trouble early, and I, I'm just curious to see what you think about what he did tonight. Well, you know, I, I like Blake Snell's talent. And, you know, anybody that's listened to the talk show knows that I was uh, yelling and screaming right after the World Series for AJ to make that call down to Tampa and see what it was going to take to get Blake Snell. Uh, to this point, I've been very underwhelmed. I, I am impressed with his overall athletic ability. Uh, I think he's got to go back to the drawing board on his delivery a little bit. To me, he's breaking his hands a little bit late. And therefore, he's uh, working to the plate, and his arm is having to play catch-up. He's uh, really unable from one pitch to the next, whether it's his fastball, his curveball change, he's not able to repeat his delivery. And until he can repeat his delivery, he's not going to be very consistent. But I will tell you this. I thought the last two innings, I thought the third and fourth inning, he threw much better than he did in innings one and two today. And I did see a little bit of hope. But, again, him and Larry Rothschild are going to have to go back to the drawing board in his next bullpen. Yeah, so the Padres are going to be without some of their star players for the next week or so. How do you think Jace Tingler 
Spangler is going to navigate this going forward with a good team like uh, the St. Louis Cardinals coming to town for the weekend series? Well, you know, I think Adrian Preller, uh, you know, quite frankly, uh, he's probably uh, going to work right now. I don't know if he's looking to make a, a deal to try to bring in maybe another bench guy or somebody that can maybe help, but... You know, the guys did the day, you know, Tuca Pino Marcano, he's hanging in there. Uh, Kivlihan, you know, didn't have a lot of success today. Uh, but, you know, I thought uh, uh, it was nice to see Brian O'Grady take one off the wall there as a pinch hitter late in the game, too. Uh, you know, those guys played late last night, and they, they had to, you know, hustle to an airplane. So they'll be a little bit more grounded, I think, on Friday once they get an opportunity to kind of get settled a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, they probably got the call, and within 12 hours they were on a plane, and they're in Colorado next you know the game's kicking off it's in the double header but uh you know the Padres are gonna have to tighten it up defensively uh, I thought they made three errors in the first game today they only got charged for one a lot of uh hometown scorekeeping there today in Colorado <laughs> I thought Tommy Pham should have got hit with an error I thought Hassan Kim when he pulled uh uh, Nola off of second base late in the ball game on a force play. I thought that should have been an error. Uh, but defensively, they got to tighten some things up. Out the bullpen, uh, once again, was really good today. Mark Melanson had to really work hard. I am concerned, though, Matt, about Drew Pomerantz. He hasn't pitched since Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, Jace, uh, you know, a member of the media, uh, asked about the, the situation with him. And, you know, really from day one, he's been having a problem with, with his shoulder. Yeah. And he's not able to pitch on back-to-back -back days. And we haven't seen him since Sunday. And, and that's not good. He, apparently he threw today a little bit prior to game one, and it wasn't feeling right. So I'm a little concerned about him. And I also have to think the Padres are going to have to make a determination on Denelson Lamed. I don't think they can continue at the big league level to run him out there for two innings every five or six days and put that bullpen in jeopardy yeah the bullpen has been used a ton this year we have talked about it all the time on the talk show and i'm sure you've talked about it in your talk show about how much the bullpen has been used this year but they are going to have to figure that out as well um pierce johnson he's looked pretty good austin adams can look very good but uh, nick ramirez i like what i see out of him but i don't know if they're asking too much from him well, you know, Nick Ramirez, uh, a guy that, you know, can help out in certain situations. I don't know if you can, you know, extend him past one inning, but again, I mean, you you knew you couldn't use Melanson after all the pitches he threw in game one, getting a five out save. And congratulations to Mark. 12 for 12 uh, on the year, uh, doing a, yeah, a great really. job in that situation today. And, uh, and uh, you know, I thought that uh, uh, he uh, hung in there, maybe didn't have his best stuff today, but did a heck of a job. Emilio Pagan picked up his third win of the year, a perfect 3-0 and right now. There were some positives, but, again, you know, my the old coach in me, I'm going to look at the things that we need to clean up. And, you know, there are a few things the Padres need to tighten up on. But, man, I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to go to bed tonight wishing I knew what Manny, uh, Manny Machado uh, was going to do with that at bat in the seventh inning with a couple of ducks on the pond. I think we all will, Coach. I think we all will. All right, uh, what's coming up on the show tomorrow? Well, we're going to obviously uh, kick around these uh, two uh, ball games today, cuss and discuss them a little bit, and uh, of course we'll uh, uh, get you ready for the St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals are playing pretty good baseball, and we saw uh, Josh Fuentes, uh, the cousin who works out all off season here in Orange County, with uh, his uh, buddy Nolan Arenado. We'll see Nolan Arenado for the first time in a, a Cardinal uniform, and Paul Goldschmidt, and our buddy Tommy Edmond, who's been a great contributor to my talk show the last couple of years. So it's going to be a fun weekend of baseball. It's always fun, and the fans are always fired up when the Cardinals come to town. So it should be a great weekend of baseball at Petco. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time tonight, Coach. I will talk to you, or I will see you. I won't see you, but I, I'll probably talk uh -huh. to you tomorrow. 
Hey, I'll look forward to that. And I'll tell you what, uh, a doubleheader today, doggone it, I thought we could get both of them. Hey, I'll, I'll take two out of three and uh, finish up a three-and-three three road trip after dropping a couple of games there in San Francisco. The boys will get back on it on Friday night and hopefully have a good weekend against the Redbirds. I like your thought process, Coach. Thank you so much. <laughs> All righty, man. Thank you. All right. That was Coach John Quintero with us. He joins us on the post-game show after every game. You just uh, you could tune into his show noon to three weekdays, and when there's a day game, he takes over at 9 a.m. All right, we're going to go to a break in a little bit, but I know that Freddie and Vic have been holding for a while, so let's go to Freddie and Escondido on the phones. If you want to join us, 833-288-0973. Thank you for holding, Freddie. What's on your mind? Oh, thank you, Freddie, um, for taking my call, but I think, that uh, you definitely need to walk Fuentes. He's been beating you all day long. Um, I mean, you got to, because he's got the hot bat, uh, and that's a call for the manager to do, and everything is magnified, you know, at the end. And I think it was Tingler that uh, made the bad call. Okay. All right. I mean, Jay Singler, yeah, I, I guess you could look at it that way. Um, there was a runner on third base, so I, I could see that thought process, Freddie. I definitely can. Thank you so much for the phone call. Appreciate that. Uh, I, I could see why you would want to put Fuentes on with uh, Charlie Blackman on third, but at that point, you're already really you already have the runner on third, so you're just trying to survive at that point. And with uh, Diaz coming up next, he was 0 for 3 in the game, struck out twice. Not a bad call. I didn't even think about that, Freddie. Not a bad call at all. I appreciate that. And uh, something for us fans and, and everyone to think about going forward. But, again, Jace Tingler, I, I don't think we can blame him for this loss. Uh, I think there are decisions that he will learn from. And in, this is game 38. So it's good to have this happen in game 38 rather than the playoffs or something like that. So um, I appreciate the phone call, Freddie. That is a very good point. All right, let's go out to Vic. Vic, what are you feeling tonight? Uh, I'm feeling frustrated. And okay. A little sick off. All right, what, what about? Well, I don't understand uh, the theory of the baseball team. They don't move runners along, especially in the late innings, especially when this whatever the – this joke of a rule is now starting people at second, but nobody out. Why aren't they pushing runners along to, to, to score on an out? I'll tell you why. Because Austin Nola can't get a run in with on an out. He did it twice today. He, I don't know what he's trying to do. He hit two balls to third base. Um, couldn't, get, couldn't get the run in. I don't know why he doesn't go the other way, try to lift the ball, a little bit like that. I don't understand the philosophy of baseball with, with his team. I understand that they have a minor league team out there even more so now than they did a week ago. But I just am really ticked off. I don't understand why. Yeah, Grisham should not have done that boneheaded play, but that's this team. <laughs> uh, what I don't understand is I'm really mad. Oh, they cannot score with less than two outs and a runner on third. That is ridiculous. And I'll tell you another thing. Why are they not? pushing runners along, why aren't they bunting on this shift? I don't understand that. The whole left side of the field is open, uh, and they insist on on uh, batting with all these 190 batting averages they have. Why aren't they, why aren't they dropping something down? At least put the thought into a fielder's head that 
that would mandate that they move the shift along if they think that a bunt is uh, going to happen, but they don't think it, and I don't understand this team. All right, thank you for the phone call, Vic. You are definitely frustrated. I can hear that, and and I'm with you. I, I am because it is frustrating when when you see other teams easily get runners in when they are on third base, and then the Padres they they do what they have uh, done a couple you know a few times this year. But I know that the Padres are very. They are very aware of the situations, and they are very aware of the strategy in extra innings. And so there must be some reason that they're doing it the way that they're doing it. This is how they 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 talk about it in their meetings. This is how they're you know this is how they're they're trying to to win the game in extra innings. I mean, this is only a rule that's been in play for for the second season now. So people are still trying to figure out how it's going and uh, figure out how they want to play it. But you know when they when you can move runners over with a bunt, you know, with a guy at second, putting him on third right away. But for whatever reason, for whatever reason, the Padres uh, don't do that. And I'm not going to knock them for it because they obviously have more information than I do. But I would like to see a little bit of a different mindset. I would like to see them try something new because uh, it's not working right now. So you always got to improve on what you uh what you're doing and you got to take the information that you've learned throughout the year and you got to you got to fix it. So hopefully that is uh, something that they can fix going forward. Obviously they need to fix that going forward. Um Austin Nola though, I want to say he he went 2 for 4 on the game today. So he's he's starting to come back or in the second game. He's starting to come back a little bit. He he came off the IL with a broken finger. He took a pitch to the hand. I think it's been a rough start to his season. So I know that fans are very tired of the let's let's be patient mantra. I know that. I'm kind of tired of it. But it's still May 12th. They're only 38 games in. They have over 100 and something. T- uh, like, I'm not very good at math. For anybody who listens to Gwen and Chris, you know how bad I am at math. But they're around over 100 games left. So I, I almost said let's be patient, but I can't. I understand that the, the patience is wearing thin. I do. I still think we need to be slightly patient. I'd really, I really, I, I know. I know I said I wouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it anyway because I think it's the only way. You look around baseball, no one's hitting. We talked about it on the talk show yesterday. No one's hitting. So it's not just the Padres. It's, it's all around baseball. It's a baseball problem. All right, we do have a phone call, but we're going to have to go to break. I, I think we've uh, we've went way past our break time. So if you want to join us and talk about the game tonight, 833-288-0973. Please say, hang on the line. Troops, I believe, is your name. Uh, we'll get to you when we get back. We'll also hear from Blake Snell at some point, and we'll get the play of the game. That's all next. I'm Matt Scravey. This is the Padres Post Game Show on 97.3 The Fan. What was the turning point in today's game? Let's take a listen to the bold play of the game. Presented by Bud Light Seltzer Lemonade. Bold, public, packed with lemonade flavor. First pitch is a fastball hit well out to right center field. Long way to go, Hampson. Still going back. It is up against the birdcage in right center. Into second base, O'Grady, and he just missed the home run. As the ball gets away on field, but it is backed up by McMahon. A one-out double by O'Grady, who took a 99-mile-an-hour fastball from Daniel Bard and nearly sent it over the fence in right center field. 
That was our play of the game. Brian O'Grady hitting it off the fence to double late in the game. If he doesn't hit that, then there's no tie game and the there's no extra innings. And so that's why we chose Brian O'Grady's double as the play of the game. Matt Scraby here with you on 97.3 The Fan Padres post game show. The Padres lost the second game of a doubleheader to the Rockies, three to two. They take the series two games to three, and they move to 21 and 17 on the year. Uh, Nick Ramirez will take the loss for the Padres, and Almonte gets the win for the Colorado Rockies. All right, I have uh, Troop on the line who wants to talk about the Padres. Troop, what's on your mind? Um, first off, uh, I never thought I'd call in to talk to Scravy, but I kind of like it. <laughs> I like um, it too, Troop. Thank you. <laughs> That's it. No, I'm kidding. Um, I I just have one problem. And one problem only, and it is it's to the nth degree, and that is with our fan base. Oh, okay. We're not even a quarter through the season yet. All right. We have 124 more of these to go. We Did we win the series? I know you said we just did, but didn't we just take two out of three? Yes. No one's going to go. They're not going to win the next 124 games, but they stay on the clip that they're on. They go. I mean, instead of blaming... Nola, who has, what, 15 at-bats this season, and he's nursing a broken hand. Why not talk about, I don't know, not how are you going to expand a pitcher and, and get him going and stretch him out if you only put him on 30 pitches? They did that with Morihone. How'd that work out? They, they babied him. How'd that work out? Oh, yeah, he's out for a year and a half because he, he tore his, his, his elbow up. So you have... Mackenzie Gore, who threw 94 pitches in AAA start last week, or maybe two nights ago. Um, do you think that Tingler would have let him go past the first inning? No, he's too young. Like, I don't get it. I don't. That's what I have an issue with, and our bullpen is not going to hold up. I mean, they probably, I'm willing to guess, I haven't looked at the stats, but I'm willing to bet that the Padres bullpen has more innings than any other team in the major leagues, and they have a winning record. That is unheard of. I know. I'm, That's all I got to say, man. <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate it, Troop. I, I know that you're passionate, and I, I, I like that you uh, brought up what's going on with uh, what we should be talking about, and there are certain things that we should be talking about. Austin Nola, by the way, has 23 at-bats in the year, and the other uh, day on Sunday, I know that the the Padres bullpen had the most innings pitched, and I agree with you. It's it's not going to hold up over a long season, but this is all a very young. This is a young team and a young season, and it, you have a you have a newish manager as well. So it's all about the growing pains and. Talking with some of the Padres fans that I've known, I you know I went to La Costa Canyon High School. Talking to a few of our, uh, a few of my friends that have been Padres fans their entire life, they are frustrated like you are, Troop, and like so many Padres fans out there are. But for whatever reason, I'm not this person. But they're able to look on the bright side and say this is much better than being 10 and 25 or whatever they would be at this point. So it's it's a it's a win lose situation for. Padres fans, but I understand where you're coming from, Troop. It is frustrating. You want them to win when they have chances to win. Everybody wants them to be really good, and sometimes putting together a roster on paper looks great, but when you take it to the field, it doesn't translate right away, and I'm not saying it's not going to translate this year. I think it will translate this year. I think all of these guys need to, or they they just need to get into the groove of a season. Last year was a 60-game season. Some of these guys 
uh, some of these guys are not used to playing a full season. Jake Cronenworth is going to be playing a full season. Trent Grisham did play a full season when he was with the Brewers. But still, these guys are coming off of a 60-game year, and it's all very – it's it's just trying to get back into the swing of things. Everything was messed up by the pandemic. We all know that. Everything was. But baseball was especially messed up because they went from 162 games to 60 games, and now you have no one who's able to hit, and you have uh, people striking out all over the place. I think there was a 1,000 more strikeouts than hits in the first month of the season. So, again, this is not just a Padres problem. This is a baseball problem, and I think that going forward, the Padres talent will show through, and it will the team will separate itself from the teams that are not very good. So right now, I know why people are frustrated. I know why people hate me when I say that we need to be patient. I understand it. I would hate me too if I were you. But it's true. You need to be patient, and you need to just kind of see things through. The Padres are still a winning baseball team. They're 21-17 and 17 on the season. At least you're not the Rockies. At least you're not a fan of the Rockies. At least you're not a fan of the Tigers. That's all I got to say. I mean, think about how bad it is. Everybody knows how bad it is to be those teams because the Padres fans have been the, those fans before. So I think there's a lot of things to look forward to, and I think there's a lot of things to be frustrated about. Honestly, you can be frustrated. It's not that It's not that you shouldn't be frustrated. That just means passion. You know what we say on the Gwen and Chris show all the time about fans? What does fans stand for? Fanatic. And that's what people are, and that's fine. And being frustrated just shows passion and shows emotion. So I have no problem with that. And if you want to show passion and emotion on this show, please give us a call, 833-288-0973. And while we're waiting for all of you to call in, we are going to check in with the starting pitcher for today, Blake Snell, see what he had to say. Uh, I'm Matt Scraby, so right after this we'll be – well, let's just go to Blake Snell right now. Let's take you inside the clubhouse and find out what the Padres have to say after today's game on the Padres Radio Network. Hey, Blake, it kind of looked like two different outings for you today. The first couple of innings where you were using a lot of off speed and it seemed like you were struggling with your command. And then the third and fourth inning, you really started using your fastball and looked much more aggressive. Did you kind of feel that's how it went today or what was your assessment of it? Um, yeah, I felt good i just gotta get in the zone more i mean it's the same thing so i feel like i keep saying the same thing um i just have to make adjustments okay to your point you just said you're you're saying the same thing what have you been trying to do differently to to make the adjustment are you trying different things and it's not going the way you want or what what's kind of going on from your your end yeah doing a little bit of everything so um yeah i mean i'm obviously trying to get Get it back to the guy that I know that I am. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I feel like I elaborate a lot. And, yeah, just I'm obviously trying to work on things and trying to figure out why I'm pitching the way I'm pitching and I'm doing all those things that I need to do. So, yeah, I just got to throw more strikes, get quicker outs, and that will allow me to stay out there deeper into the game. Clearly, but – as far as the difference in your fastball usage the last couple of innings, did did you do that consciously? Are you aware of it? Am I imagining it? Or any comment on that part of it whatsoever? Yeah, I threw more fastballs for sure uh, later on. And, and do you think that's something that might be useful moving forward? Or do you still have to kind uh, of evaluate it? Yeah, I mean, I think it could be. Um, 
I mean, there's a lot that I'm searching for, so yeah. Okay, thanks, Blake. Uh, that was an uh, an unusually somber Blake Snell, and I don't want Blake Snell to feel sad or anything like that. But I do want him to. I do want to feel like he cares, and I know that he cares. It's it's not that he doesn't care. He wants to pitch better. Believe me, all these guys want to play a lot better. So. There are lots of things that we're going to be able to talk about on the shows here on 97.3 The Fan tomorrow. Ben and Woods, 5 to 9 a.m. Coach John Quintero, 12 or noon to 3. And then uh, Gwyn and Chris from 3 to 7. We'll be talking about all of this. But Blake Snell, he is a good pitcher. He only gave up two earned runs today. He struck out seven. So it's there. It's just not the, the length isn't there. And he does get into some trouble early in the game. Just want to shout out. Uh, Sean Sovacool, the head coach of the Lacosta Canyon Mavericks football team, he's listening tonight, and he heard me shouting out Lacosta Canyon, so I appreciate you listening, Sean. And uh, if you want to tweet me, you can, at Matt Scraby, at 973thefansd, and if you want to give us a call, 833-288-0973. When we get back, we're going to choose our player of the game. We're going to catch up on some scores around baseball, and we're also going to see how many home runs the Padres have hit this year. So that's all coming up next on uh, the Padres postgame show on 97.3 The Fan. This is Tommy Pham from the San Diego Padres. The 2021 Padres play here. 97.3 The Fan. Scraby back with you here in the Odyssey Palace on 97.3 The Fan. Padres postgame show after the game two loss to the Rockies today in the doubleheader. The Rockies beat the Padres 3-2 in extra innings tonight. And people are frustrated. And I understand it. The big play from tonight, I think we're we're always going to think about. And Coach said it. He's going to go to bed thinking about what would have been if Manny Machado was able to get a full at bat there without Trent Grisham stealing third and getting tagged out to end the inning. That was major right there. And as we played earlier in the post game, Jace Tingler said. Uh, hold on, I wrote this down. I need to go up to my notes and find this. He said this is a learning experience and a really good learning experience. So that just tells me, without throwing his player under the bus, it tells me that Trent Grisham decided to steal third on his own. And, you know, we had a caller earlier. Sorry, I forgot your name. You are saying you wanted they wanted to be more aggressive on the base pass. So Trent Grisham was being more aggressive. So if you want them to be more aggressive, you can't blame them for being aggressive if they get out. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it. I think everybody knows that Manny Machado, with the bat in his hand, is way better than Trent Grisham trying to steal third base. That's a that's a low probability play for him to steal third when you probably got better numbers on Manny at the plate. So that's what we'll be talking about on Gwyneth Chris tomorrow. I know that for sure. Okay. We got a few things left in the post game show here on 97, three, the fan let's go and find out who our player of the game was. Which player had the biggest impact on today's game? Let's take a look at the player of the game presented by Valley view casino and hotel San Diego's favorite casino and dining. Here's the 2-2 pitch, and that's a hard-hit grounder to the right side and through for a base hit. That'll tie it 2-2 here in the seventh. Padres were down to their final two outs, and Victor Caratini with a grand slam in game one comes through with a pinch-hit RBI single here in the seventh. The man does it again. He did it again. He tied up the game after hitting the Grand Slam in Game 1. Slam Diego is back, the first Grand Slam for the Padres this year. Victor Caratini, though, I'm not even going to call him the player of the game. I'm going to call him the player of the day because without him at the plate, 
Padres got two losses under their belt, so good for Victor Caratini. He's been awesome this year. I mean, and to think that he came in a – and I, I'm not trying to discount what he is, but he came in as like a U Darvish throw-in when they traded for him from the Cubs. That was U Darvish's catcher. So uh, he has been very valuable, very, very valuable. And he will become our player of the game. So the Padres lose to the Rockies 3-2, to two, but there are a lot of baseball games happening around the country right now, so let's try and get caught up on all of them. Time to check the scores around the big leagues with the out-of-town scoreboard on the Padres Radio Network. Let's start with the Astros. They crush the Angels 9-1 to, one to uh, earlier today, so uh, the Astros moved to 20-17. and 17. They started out a little slow, but they're starting to find their place right here. I know, insert trash can jokes now. We'll move on, and you can do that in your own head. The Cardinals, who are coming to town to take on the Padres here on Friday, they were in Milwaukee to take on the Brewers, and they lost. The Brewers won 4-1. to one. So uh, uh, Josh Hader got his eighth save on the year, and Devin Williams gets the win for the Brewers. The Toronto Blue Jays of Florida beat the Atlanta Braves in Atlanta 4-1. to Hunjin Ryu goes to 3-2 and on the year after getting the win. And A.J. Cole gets the save for the Blue Jays. Now, the Yankees and the Rays, uh, the Yankees, if you're talking about a team with some COVID issues, the Yankees are definitely a team with COVID issues. Uh, I believe Thomas sent me a tweet earlier, and I'm pulling it up right now. This is from Brian Hawk on Twitter. Said Yankees now have seven confirmed COVID-19 cases. Glaber Torres is out of the lineup tonight as they wait on his test results. So Padres aren't the only team dealing with COVID right now. And if you think the Yankees have it even worse with seven guys being out uh, of their lineup. And uh, they ended up beating the race, though. They ended up winning one to nothing. Garrett Cole gets the win. He's 5-1 and one on the year. He has a 1.37 ERA. So Garrett Cole doing Garrett Cole things for the Yankees. Geraldus Chapman picks up his ninth save on the year. The A's and all of the drama that's surrounding the A's and relocation and all that stuff went to Boston to take on the Red Sox. And the A's beat the Red Sox 4-1. to one. Thomas just put his head down in shame. Now, I know uh, Hunter Renfro, he has a play floating around social media right now, and it's him throwing out someone from basically center field. So if you want to see uh, a good Hunter Renfro throw, check it out on social media. But the A's won 4-1. to one. The Tigers, they won today 12 or er, 4-2. They moved to 12-24 and 24 on the year. And uh, Casey Mize, that young pitcher for the Tigers, picks up the win. He moves to 2-3 and three on the year. And Gregory Soto gets the save for the Tigers. The Phillies and the Nationals went, also went into extra innings today. And Brad Hand has had a, a, a tough spot here in the last couple games. He ends up uh, blowing the game. He takes the loss. He's 2-2 two and two on the year. The Phillies win 5-2 to two in 10 innings. They scored three runs in the top of the 10th. The, the uh, Washington Nationals could not score any runs, so they lose. Uh, Hector Neris picks up the save for the Philadelphia Phillies. And Jose Alvarado gets the win. He moves to 3-0 on the year. Uh, the Cubs were in Cleveland to take on the Indians, and the Indians won two to one. They had they were also in extra innings. They walked it off. It was a home win for them, and they have the, the Indians have had a strange year. They've been no hit a couple times. They've had a couple walk off hits. I don't know what's going on with the Indians, but uh, their their games are exciting to say the least. And so they win. They beat the Cubs 
two to one. There was a lot, a lot of extra inning games tonight. The Reds ended up beating the Pirates in ten, five to one. And uh, that is a National League Central matchup. The Reds finally start to come out of their losing streak. They even up their record at 17 and 17. The Pirates fall to 15 and 21. Lucas Sims gets the win. He moves to 2 and 1 on the year. The Orioles and the Mets had an interesting game earlier today because the Orioles sent out Matt Harvey to pitch for them today. And if you remember, Matt Harvey used to be a key member of the New York Mets as a pitcher back when they were making their World Series runs. Well, the Mets beat the Orioles today 7-1. Matt Harvey did take the loss, and Taiwan Walker got the win for the Mets. He moves to 3-1 on the year. But cool moment for Matt Harvey. He was uh, given a standing ovation by Mets fans when he came out on the field, and he said he had to do everything in his power to hold back the tears from streaming down his face. So that was obviously a very important moment for Matt Harvey. And good on Mets fans for giving him a standing ovation. I was kind of stunned to hear that a New York team was giving their guy a standing ovation after, you know, just, I don't know. New York fans are just very serious. The Mariners are playing the Dodgers right now, and they're in the bottom of the fourth inning. They are actually being no hit in the bottom of the fourth. The Dodgers, the game right now is tied 0-0. Uh, The Dodgers do have bases loaded with one out, so we'll keep an eye on that. Marlins and the Diamondbacks. The Marlins, uh, it's in Arizona. The Marlins are up 3-2 now in the top of the seventh, and the Twins and the White Sox are in the bottom of the seventh, and uh, the White Sox are winning that game 13-7. So that is all of the games around baseball. So uh, right now, NL West teams, the Diamondbacks are losing. The Dodgers are tied, and uh, we already know that the Rockies and the Padres split today. All right, we have to figure out one more thing before we go to break. I'm Matt Scraby. This is the Padres postgame show on 97.3 The Fan. The Rockies beat the Padres in Game 2 of the doubleheader today, 3-2. to two. The Padres moved to 21-17 and 17 on the year. The Rockies moved to 13-24 and 24 on the season. But before we go to break, we need to do this. Which Padre went deep tonight? Let's take a look at the Padres home run tally. Brought to you by the Gomez firm on the Padres radio network. Well, we know that there was a grand slam in the first game, but that's not what I'm counting here. There uh, were no home runs in this edition of the doubleheader. And so the Padres have 36 home runs on the season. 36 home runs on the season. And uh, that's it. I have nothing else to say about that. I mean, I wish I had the Grand Slam to talk about, but I don't. Victor Caratini, if you missed it, in the game one of the doubleheader, he hit the first Slam Diego Grand Slam of the season. And uh, Thomas made fun of me because I put on Twitter, at Matt Scraby, welcome to Slam Diego, Caratini. So Thomas made fun of me. I was just being a nice guy and inviting him into town. But whatever, Thomas, you can be a hater if you want to be. All right, that's it for the home run tally. We have another chance for phone calls. If you are out there and you want to get something off your chest before we sign off for the night, you can, 833-288-0973. And if you want to tweet me, you can, at Matt Scraby, at 973thefansd. But we have a couple more things to do when we get back, and we will preview a little bit of the series between the Cardinals and the Padres that's going to start on Friday. That's all next. I'm Matt Scraby, and this is the Padres postgame show on 973 The Fan. Bernie Mesa. This is Will Myers from the San Diego Padres. You're listening to Padres Baseball on the Padres Radio Network. 
Matt Scraby here with you on the Padres postgame show, 97.3 The Fan, heading into the last segment on a doubleheader day for the Padres in Colorado to take on the Rockies. They split today's doubleheader, but the Padres win the series after winning last night's game, so they win two games to three. Or two out of three games is what I meant to say there. So uh, good, because the Padres are winning series. That's all you want to do. Got a tweet from at Demorals. He said, at Matt Scraby, put me in, coach. You know, Ryan, if I could, I would. I tweeted out last night, if the Padres need my my help, if they need my services, I'm very good at Wednesday night softball. Uh, I play first base. I'm decent there. I have problems with easy pop-ups. I keep dropping them, and that's not a joke, and that's not a slight of Eric Hosmer. I legitimately have two errors on this year. Even Thomas has told me that the team is starting to call me the error, which I'm not happy about. But, you know, if I'm going to drop easy pop-ups, then... I'm going to have to be called the the error. Um, big big notes from tonight's game. The play at the end of the game where Trent Grisham tried to steal third. We're going to talk about it all day on the station tomorrow, but uh, it seemed like it was a Trent Grisham decision. decision. Jay Stingler said that they want to be aggressive on the base pass, but sometimes you need to let Manny Machado uh, bat instead of trying to steal third. That was uh, that was unfortunate to take the bat out of Manny Machado's hand in in. I'm sure that Manny has spoken to Trent about that. And again, I said it in the beginning of the postgame show. It's better to happen now than to happen later on in the playoffs. All right. Last segment that we need to do before we look forward to the series against the Cardinals. So let's get it started. Which pitcher came in and slammed the door shut? Let's find out who's the relief pitcher of the game in partnership with the San Diego Food Bank. Providing relief for tens of thousands of families affected by COVID-19. Become a donor or volunteer today at sandiegofoodbank.org. 2-2 to Hampson, swung on and missed. Back-to-back K's for Austin Adams as he works a 1-2-3 sixth inning. Thank you, Jesse. That was the relief pitcher of the game. Austin Adams came in. He went in an inning. He struck out two, didn't have any base runners, didn't walk anyone. So Austin Adams was a, a shutdown pitcher tonight. So was Pierce Johnson. He gave up a hit, but he also struck out another person. But we're going to choose Austin Adams tonight because of his two strikeouts. So he is the relief pitcher of the game. All right. Looking forward to for the Padres, they are 21 and 17 currently, and they are going to be taking on the red hot St. Louis Cardinals. And I heard Jesse say this in the broadcast earlier with Tony, and I think it was Game One that I heard this, but they were saying that the the Cardinals lineup with Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt is like a nightmare from 2016 NL West teams, and it's it's very true because those guys are both locked in right now. Arenado. Uh, he he just seems like he loves playing in St. Louis, and he seems like he fits in St. Louis. So on Friday night at 7, 10 p.m. is going to be first pitch of that game. The Padres are going to be sending out, scheduled to be sending out Joe Musgrove. Um, that is what MLB.com has right now. We have not confirmed that, so don't take that as truth, but take that as an educated truth. Or no, <laughs> educated truth. An educated uh, guess because MLB.com has it, and usually they're pretty right. And for the Cardinals, Johan Oviedo is going to be starting for them. He is 0-1 on the year. Unfortunately, that Joe Musgrove is 2-4 and on the year, but he only has a 3 ERA. So Joe Musgrove still giving the Padres a great chance to win every time he goes out there the pitch. And that's what we're looking at on Friday. It's a big series for the Padres over the weekend. 
They are taking on the Cardinals, who who last left San Diego after losing in the playoffs. And so they're going to be a little bit angry. They're going to want to get a little bit of revenge. They're going to want to take advantage of the Padres being shorthanded with all of the COVID situation that's going on with the team. Uh, unless I, 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 I'm pretty sure that Eric Hosmer and Will Myers and Fernando Tatis Jr. and other guys, they're going to be out at least seven days. And uh, that's just the the nature of the beast of what COVID is in professional sports. And, you know, a, a few people have not not a few people, a lot of people have, I've seen on Twitter and social media today say, well, why aren't the players vaccinated? Well, we don't know that. We don't know if they're vaccinated or not. That's all private information, which is fine. And it's all personal choice. But as you see with the Yankees, they have uh, the threshold for vaccinations on their team. They've already reached the 85% is what Major League Baseball set as the number that you need to get to before you could start opening up your restrictions within your team. And so they were over the 85%. I believe they were the first team to get to 85%. And they still have about seven players on the COVID IL round. So it's not just the Padres. It's happening all. It's happening around baseball. We've seen it a couple times this year. We saw it a lot last year. And the Yankees um, are are just you know one of the unfortunate teams, as are the Padres. So Jay Stingler, he has a day off tomorrow, and the Padres have a day off tomorrow to regroup and reset. But he's going to have to go to the drawing board on strategy and and try to figure out what's going to happen. And I'm sure AJ Preller, as Coach said earlier when we talked to him. AJ Preller is probably, you know, on the on the phone right now trying to make a deal or something like that. Who knows? I mean, they they may need someone to help out on the bench. They uh, I don't expect for a blockbuster trade to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of something happening with the Padres roster before Friday because uh, right now the the, the roster is uh, has a lot of uh, El Paso Chihuahuas on it, and that's all well and good, but that's because their star players are out, so it's hard to win games without your star players. Again, the Padres, they lose in the game two of the doubleheader to the Rockies, 3-2. to two. Blake Snell went four innings. He struck out seven. He had two earned runs. He gave up five hits. He had 84 pitches, 53 for strikes. The Padres were one for ten tonight with uh, runners in scoring position, and they left eight on base. Uh, the Rockies were two for eight with runners in scoring position. They left nine on base. Manny Machado got his sixth steal of the season. So he has been moving on the base pass, but we all know that Trent Grisham got caught stealing there late in the game. That was his first time getting caught stealing this year. So, uh, a very costly time for them to get caught stealing. And, uh, Chase Tingler after the game said, this is a learning experience and a really good learning experience. And I agree with him. We can move forward. I know people are frustrated, but 38 games in, we still have a ton of time to go. I think it was Troop who called in who said, like, let's let's just keep watching the team. Let's keep cheering for the team. And I agree with them. Uh, there's still a lot of time to go in the Major League Baseball season. That is it for me. Uh, we are all done here on 97.3 The Fan. Hope you enjoyed a full day of baseball. That was a lot of baseball, uh, two games. Usually the Padres don't have to make up too many games because they don't ever miss any games. But today you got two games and then you got some free baseball at the end. Right, Thomas? Free baseball at the end. Unfortunately, it didn't go the Padres' way. So the uh, Padres, 21-17 and 17 on the year. Nick Ramirez takes the loss. And I just got to thank everyone. I got to thank... Our guy, Thomas Andrews, on the board. And I got to thank Adam Klug. I got to thank Jesse Agler. I got to thank Tony Good Jr. And I got to thank Dave Marcus. 28 years 
as the Padres engineer. That is pretty darn impressive. Yes, thank you, Thomas. He deserves that because Dave Marcus, he really has to put up with a lot. He has to put up with a lot. So thank you, Dave. Thank you. Uh, I think I already said thank you to Adam Klug. Thank you to Karen Cerulli. And Thomas is giving me the head like, okay, it's time to go. Get out. Okay. All right. Thomas, now you can hit the close once I say I'm Matt Scraby. This is the Padres Post Game Show on 97.3 The Fan. Thanks for joining us for today's game. For all the latest news on the Friars, stay tuned to your home of the San Diego Padres. 97.3 The Fan and the Padres Radio Network.